Good morning. Turn to your safe neighbor. Savior. Well, if Jesus is uh, inside the person next to you, I will believe that. And if he's not, he needs to be today. Amen? Amen. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not too old. <laughs> Turn to a different neighbor and say, God is good. Turn to another neighbor and say, he loves you so much. Come on. Come on. God is good all the time. Amen? Amen. I'm going to share a, a few brief testimonies. Last week, um, there, I think there must have been jealousy among pregnant women. <laughs> Shelly had a baby and she came to church. Come on. She's back there right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. And these two other moms said we won't be outdone, and they had a race to see who could have their baby first on the same day. And a testimony. So uh, earlier in the day, uh, baby Reagan Ratcliffe was born. Come on. Hallelujah. And several hours later, in a different hospital, I missed that notification and went to the wrong hospital, um, uh, baby Uzziah. Barton was born. So come on, come on. Now, a child born is a testimony of God. These children already have two testimonies. Um, uh, Uzziah is, is the fourth child, but his mom was told at the beginning she couldn't have children. Now, I think Corinne has outdone the enemy. Come on. Uh, if, you, if you don't know, uh, Lindsay Ratcliffe, her first husband died. And, and this, this baby is the second baby in her new marriage with, with Cooney. And that's a testimony. Yeah. Lindsay's not too old. God's not done. Amen. He's doing phenomenal things in that family. Yeah. Come on, he's doing phenomenal things in Cooney, in those children. It's a testimony. Amen. Come on, full of testimony. There's a testimony today that though middle school has started, if you didn't, if there is a teacher. Maybe today it's Craig and they did a switch, but because... Craig's not here at the moment. I don't see him. But today, the youth are collecting food for the food bank at Kroger's. It's already a testimony. Two o'clock. Next Saturday, the middle school's going to West Virginia yeah. to box food. Come on with the riches. And there's still room. Where are the riches? And there's still room? Can a kid, at, do you still need a driver? Okay, so there's more spots at those tables. Uh, this week, Marguerite. Uh, is in uh, Costa Rica, correct? She left? Come on. Come on, Come on. just because they're not seen doesn't mean that God's not on the move. Come on. Next weekend, uh, the interns are going to be selling baked goods for going to Croatia. Come on. You know what? Come on. Very exciting. Next Sunday, you're going to hear from a man named Caleb that's going to the Philippines. And why is this a faith uh, move, why are we asking him to come? Because God appeared to him in a dream and spoke to him things, very precise things, and then begun to unwrap that dream piece by piece by piece over a period of several years. And a whole tribe, over a hundred thousand people are getting ready to hear the gospel because this man opened up his mind and his heart to hear a dream. Come on, I'd come next week. If your faith needs to be encouraged, I, I, I want you to come next week. Next week, we can't just bring someone in. We've got to send someone out. 
Janelle, come up here right fast. Janelle is going out. She's going to uh, minister at a women's retreat. She was called on. But not stop there. Janelle just published a book. Come on. God is doing something. I'm going to do it just like this. God, we just speak over Janelle that she's a powerhouse. The, the word of God rests in her. Ben, Danielle, jump up here with me. That, Lord, we just thank you that, that this isn't a one-man show. Woo! Not today and not ever. And, Lord, we release the power of God that's in Janelle Woo! to go in victory. Yeah. Come on, to go in victory. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You're not too old. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Don't, don't go away fast. Yeah. Come on. Dang on, long list. That's what happens when there's one Sunday that has a snowstorm. Several of you have asked, hey, how can I help? I am so grateful that we're in a church that 80% of the people serve and 20% of the people are getting ready to. <laughs> and so some of y'all have asked, like, hey, I want to be part of the greeting team. Will you now give me a hand somewhere? There's Lena. Some of you have asked, say, hey, I want to pray for people at the end of the service. George isn't here. Cindy, Phil, can you raise your hand? I'm going to pass around a clipboard for that one in particular. I see the art tables. Are all y'all... Look at all those artists back there. Y'all all got the art pieces in you. Amy, you just threw a picture in for you. I know you can do it. You're not a gift of one. So the art tables are back there. Look at all this art that's around. It, and it's not, just to, it's not just here. Danielle's going to create a picture and keep it here. When Danielle receives something, she's receiving it. Her spirit is nourished, but then she's giving it away. The same is with visual arts. Come on. Someone else say hallelujah besides the people standing up front. Hallelujah. All right. And I know these two are going to say something to us about Monday night prayer. Um, I just, where's Terry? Terry, can you come up here too? You're not too old. Just run. <laughs> I'm going to give you all this testimony. Terry told me that he applied to be the chief of police in Blacksburg. I'm not too old. And then Blacksburg called me. The chief of police called me about Terry, because I had forgotten the rest of the conversation. I'm not too old. I have the Caleb anointing. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. So I think Ben is going to share this morning. But these folks, we're here today because people got on their face before God. One of those people is Terry. We were three churches spread out. And, and Terry and a host of others said, hey, leaders, get together. So in a time of churches splitting 15, 16, 18 years ago, there were churches that said it would be better together, better together. And so uh, I, I'm just, I am excited to hear what these folks, those folks that dig up the ground and prepare it for us, what they're going to impart to us, extend your hand to them today. It's not just the message today, but there's no way that all these people couldn't go out. You, middle school, high school, children. It's no way that these children could be dancing on this floor that we would be sitting in this building if we didn't follow the instructions of the Lord and that we, we can't follow them if we don't hear them first. So Lord, I thank you that you're speaking to these saints. Lord, I thank you. We're honored. Lord, we're privileged to stand in their midst those that would cry out day and night 
to hear you and receive instruction that guides us into a promised land. And Father, we say today, as we receive instructions from them, Lord, that our spirit is enlarged today. As we reach out our hands, we're believing that you're going to speak, Lord, but we're reaching out our hands that we would receive your goodness, that we would be transformed and we would be changed. Amen? Oh, there's a preaching spirit up here, Ben. Hallelujah. Get to it. All right. We have amplification. Amen. All right. <laughs> wow. Good morning. How are you all? Dude, come on. Dude, Holy Spirit. Dude, he's the best. He, know, he knows what's up, right? All right. Oh, oh, nice. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Wow. Dude, what if God, where's Zach? Man, what if God shows up? Come on, right? Dude, that was, that was good. That was good news. All right. So um, if you were here last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, um, it was actually, Danielle and I were actually supposed to share two Sundays before that, got snowed out. So we're in this series um, on first things first, laying a foundation for growth. Um, we're kind of speaking each Sunday on a section of that book, and if you're following along in the devotional, um, it's actually the second to last section is on prayer. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, this will round out this series this morning on um, prayer. So what I want to do, um, the devotional talks about four different types of prayer. I want to just kind of hit on three of them um, somewhat briefly, and then I want to go deeper in the fourth one. And then Danielle's going to come up, share uh, at least one nugget of heavenly wisdom for us, and then we'll kind of close things together. I just want to pray before I just get into this. God, we just bless you. God, we just thank you so much, God, for your presence, God, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. God, we just choose to fix our eyes on Jesus, God, the author and perfecter, the finisher of our faith. And God, I just pray that we would just posture our hearts, God, as Mary did, just to sit at your feet, to listen to your word. God, that we would receive your word that performs its work in us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, uh, Jeff, thank you. Appreciate you, Jeff. Um, so, yeah, four different types of prayer. Uh, devotional talks about, well, you know, you could probably say there are many different types of prayer. Devotional, which is awesome, by the way, again, not a paid advertisement, but dude, Daniel, come on, you and Rick, seriously, it's, it's really good. If you, 
If you're a new believer, you have a family member that's a new believer, you're discipling someone that's a new believer, I highly encourage you to get it. It's, it's really good. So the first one, well, we'll just go through the four here. First one, strengthening yourself in the Lord. It's really important. Second one is asking. We're actually going to skip that one and do that one at the end. Third one, declaring the will of God. And the fourth one, intercession. So if we start with strengthening yourself in the Lord. I'm just going to just try to read off the screen, but kind of keep these close. So. so this is your classic strengthening yourself in the Lord passage, right? David, his mighty men, they're off in the land of the Philistines. They come back to the camp, and the Amalekites had raided the camp while David and all his army were off. So women and children had been taken captive, and it starts in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30. It says, moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. So we don't get a lot of context here what it looked like for David to strengthen himself in the Lord here in 1 Samuel 30. But we do have a lot of psalms, right? David wrote a lot of killer psalms. And I don't, so I don't know what David did here, but I can just imagine, you know, David's hearing the murmurs, you know, like everyone's bitter because their wives and their kids got, you know, taken away. And I can just imagine David just either going into his tent or he goes off a little ways like in the woods and... I can just, just kind of picture him just getting to get just alone with the Lord. And he's like, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I dread? You know, when, though, though an, an army should arise against me in spite of this, I will be confident. You know, so I just, I just imagine David strengthening himself. And it's, it's so interesting, right after David strengthens himself in the Lord, what does he do? He calls, I think it's Abimelech, the priest, and says, bring me the ephod, and he inquires of the Lord. You know, it's important, before we inquire of the Lord, sometimes we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, right? After he strengthens himself, he's in a position to inquire and to hear with faith, right? So strengthening yourself in the Lord, it's, um, it's key, crucial part of prayer. Second one, I said we'll skip asking. So third one, declaring the will of God. Dude, this, this passage is so good. Matthew 6, 9 and 10. You know, it's interesting. It's called the Lord's Prayer. I didn't think about this until I heard Bill Johnson say it last week, but he, it's actually the disciples' prayer because Jesus doesn't pray, you know, forgive us our debts, right? Jesus doesn't have anything to <laughs> ask forgiveness for, but it's the Lord's Prayer to, to his disciples instructing them as to how to pray. So I'm just going to read the two first uh, two verses in it. Um, Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you've ever heard Rick kind of speak on this before, this isn't a request, right? This isn't an ask. He's not, this isn't supplication. This is God, it's like a command, right? Grammatically. It's, it's saying, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in this place. You know, sometimes in pre-service prayer, which, dude, pre-service prayer, come on. If you're not there, and I know you're not. (laughs) It's awesome. I know, no condemnation. But, dude, if you you can make it, if you can make it, pre-service prayer is where it's at. 
But in, a lot of times, you know, some, well, sometimes in pre-service prayer, I'll be like, God, 3325 North Franklin Street, you know, this address. I'm like, I'm calling in the airstrike, you know, from heaven. I'm saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so it, I just want to mention this verse too, Colossians 4.12, uh, talks about a guy named Epaphras who was, says he was laboring, always laboring earnestly in his prayers for the church um, at Colossae. And he says he's praying that they would be fully assured in all the will of God. Fully assured in all the will of God. That's like, that's like a goal of my life, you know? I don't know about you, but I'm not always fully assured in all the will of God, but I totally want to be fully assured in all of his will. We can also, so there's, you know, discerning the will of God for your life, but there's also, you know, we have the logos, right? We have the written word that speaks to us about his will. Uh, as I think uh, Zach said earlier, you know, these are scriptures we can take to the bank, you know, we can take to the bank in prayer. First Timothy 2, 3 and 4, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires, that word desires can also be translated wills who wills all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. And later in 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything gives, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So praying the will of God, we can see it come about on earth as it is in heaven. And just lastly here, First John 5, says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. If we ask anything according to his will. If you ask anything according to his will, you, you can't miss the mark. You always hit the mark when you pray according to his will. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the requests that we have asked from him. All right. Move on to intercession. Which intercession is... I mean, you could do like a five-week conference probably on intercession, but I just want to say two things about intercession. One, intercession is about agreeing with what Jesus has already done, all right? It's not about adding to it. It's about appropriating what Jesus has done for all mankind, amen? Second thing, intercession is about letting Holy Spirit pray and do through you what Holy Spirit wants to pray and do. It's, it's this place of surrender and allowing Holy Spirit to intercede through you. Romans 8.26 says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. That's good news, right? <laughs> the Spirit helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. That's like one of the most comforting verses. Sometimes I get into this thing where I'm trying to figure out what to pray, and I'm just like, I just am reminded, God, I need Holy Spirit. When I don't know how to pray, Holy Spirit knows how to pray. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Sometimes there are groanings in intercession. I just want to highlight this one example. It's in Acts 12. Um, so Herod had actually been putting some of the members of the early church in prison. He had killed James, uh, the brother of John, and saw that that made the Jews happy. And so he actually put Peter in prison. 
and he was intending to keep Peter in prison until after Passover. And so in Acts 12, 4 through 5, it says, When he, that is Herod, seized him, Peter, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in the prison. But, you've heard of but gods? This is, this is but the church, right? <laughs> so, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Say fervently. Fervent prayer was being made by the church to God. So I don't know if, if you know the story. Basically, an angel shows up in response, I believe, to the prayers of the church, the prayers of the saints. Angel shows up, wakes Peter up. Peter doesn't know if he's having a vision or, or what, but gets up. Angel leads him out straight past the guards. It says that you know a gate opens up by itself, um, leads him out, and Peter eventually you know, goes down the street, Angel disappears, realizes he's not dreaming or having a vision, and goes to the place where the prayer meeting is happening. Knocks on the door. Now, I don't know what kind of prayer meetings these people were having. Because on one hand, I'm like, so, you know, I'd like to think you had faith for Peter to actually be set free, right? But when someone's like, hey, Peter's here, they're like, no, it's his angel, you know? Just like, and I'm like, you have you have more faith for his angel than for Peter to actually show up in response to your prayers. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't fully get that. But what's my point here? So fervently, in James 5.16, it says the fervent prayer, the fervent prayer, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And that, that word fervent there is in the Greek energeo, which is where we get the word energy. So it's it's the prayers that are energized by the Holy Spirit that are effective. I don't know about you, you know, who has just tons of time? Anyone have tons of time that they just don't know what to do with and tons of time to not pray effectively, right? Yeah, not me. I don't think anyone here has that. But I want to pray effectively, right? I want my prayers to have an effect. And we pray effectively when we pray prayers energized by the Holy Spirit. You know, I just, uh, I was reminded of this thing that I heard Mike Bickle say one time, and just to paraphrase it, he said, basically, do angels and demons move at the sound of your voice? Do angels and demons move at the sound of your voice? You know, I think in Acts 12, angels and demons were moving at the sound of the voice of the church praying. And so, yeah, I just... You know, I feel like the Lord of hosts is waiting to release angels in response to the prayers of his church. But he's designed it in such a way that he wants partnership with his, with his ecclesia on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Yeah. All right. I'm going to move on to the fourth one, asking. So this one... Um, yeah, I'm going to go a little deeper on this one. I want to take you guys on a little journey, and um, we'll bring it back around. So I want to start in Luke, 10, uh, Luke 11, 11, 21, and 22. It says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. But when someone stronger, say someone stronger, 
when someone stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away from him all his armor on which he has relied and distributes his plunder. So about a month or so ago, I had this dream. And in this dream, I'm in a hospital, but I'm like a hostage. I'm being held captive. And there are other people that are being held captive. And this, like, if you can imagine, like a Marvel comic book supervillain is like holding everyone hostage. And so it didn't matter what the police would do, you know, it, it wasn't working. Eventually, the SWAT team comes in, and SWAT team comes in, and it's funny, this, this guy, my team lead from work, was actually in my dream. And he's, he's there, and he's like, Ben, it's like, it's okay, we're gonna get you out, everything's gonna be fine. I'm like, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it, this guy is like Khan from Star Trek, you know? He's like a freak, he's always like one step ahead of you, he's like supernaturally strong, you know? But, you know, anyway, my team lead and the SWAT team, they come in, and the SWAT team actually has two other like superheroes, supervillains, well, heroes, I guess you could say, with them. But in the middle of the raid, those two super guys, heroes, defect and join the supervillain. Not good, right? <laughs> Things immediately went from bad to worse. So there are these, you know, three guys. So I wake up out of this dream, and this Luke 11 passage is just like in my head. So I'm thinking about it, and I, you know, I get up, and I start to, I would say write down the dream, but actually, you know, text, not text, but, you know, keep it in my phone. And I just want to encourage you, like, write down your dreams. Write down your dreams. Danielle and I, we have this Google Doc for, you know, just dreams that we feel like are prophetic for our family. I keep a note in my phone, just dream stream. I just date it, and I, and I put it in there. So I'm writing this dream down, and what comes to my mind is how the day before, I had noticed in my Toyota Camry, 2006, missing its front right hubcap, I know. <laughs> That's me. Um, I noticed how the odometer had read 18, 18, 18. So I'm like, that's interesting. That probably happens once in the lifetime of a you know, Toyota Camry or any vehicle, really. So I had looked up, I just Googled, you know, what does 18 mean in the Bible? And 18 can probably mean a number of different things, but what I was reading about it on this one particular page was that 18 can represent bondage. So in Judges 3, Israel was in bondage to the Philistines for 18 years. And then in Judges 10, they were in bondage to, sorry, it was Moab first, then they were in bondage to the Philistines and to Ammon for another 18 years. So I'm like, all right, I've got, these, I've got this dream, three strong men, and I've got you know, 18, 18, 18, like this number for bondage. And I, as I'm praying about this dream, this phrase from this book comes to mind. It's from, uh, it's from Reese Howell's Intercessor. Anybody ever read Reese Howell's? Come on, yeah, dude, that book, that'll, that'll challenge you, right? That book will challenge your faith big time. I mean, the dude just lived a life of just really surrender to the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's known for intercession, but really in a lot of powerful ways. And so this phrase from this book comes to my mind, and it's actually this phrase that Reese Howells said to the devil at one point in his life. Now, I'm not an advocate of really talking to the devil. If I'm gonna talk to the devil, it's gonna be go, be gone, get behind me, you know? I keep it short and sweet, right? But in this particular instance, you know, this phrase was coming to mind. Reese, said, Reese Howell said, 
Now I know that Holy Spirit is stronger than you. Now I know that Holy Spirit is stronger than you. So I, I get up, I go to find that book, find where it's in the book. It's in the chapter titled Binding the Strong Man. So God's got my attention by this point. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm tracking here. And so as I'm kind of rereading this chapter, it's all about how at this particular point in Reese's life, he was faced as actually a point of intercession for someone else, but it was a seemingly insurmountable circumstance. It was a, it was a strong man, basically. But it's about how God gave Reese this strategy and it's about, it's through prayer, it's specifically through asking, but the key to it is abiding. And that's what I wanna just kind of talk to you guys about for a little bit here, about abiding. John 15, seven. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It's pretty audacious uh, <laughs> statement there, right? Would have been enough if he'd said it once, but he basically says it like four times in like two or three chapters. So I'm uh, pretty sure he means it. So we have this promise, right? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But there's a condition, there's an if. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. As, um, as the author of the book, about Reese Howells, Norman Grubb puts it, he says, the promise is unlimited, but its fulfillment depends on the abiding. So what is abiding? 1 John 2, 6 says, the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. I'm just going to read it again. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. You know, this, um, this verse has, in 2 Corinthians, has been on, I just feel like God's put it on, his finger on it in Danielle and I's life over the past um, several months. It's one that we quote a lot. Um, I don't think I have it in the slides, Jeff, so you're good, but um, I'm actually gonna read it backwards because I think we often kind of rush past the first part to get to the second part, but what I would submit to you is that that second part might actually be dependent on the first part. It's 2 Corinthians 3.17, and as I said, I'm gonna read it backwards. I, we, I prayed it in prayer this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's good stuff, right? Everybody wants liberty, so where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But this is the phrase that I feel like God's really put his finger on. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And as we just felt like God was putting his finger on that, you know, we just began to ask ourselves, are we honoring Holy Spirit as the Lord? Do we treat Holy Spirit with the same honor and respect as we would treat the Lord Jesus. You know, when Richie Seltzer was here, he talked about the disciples coming up to Jesus and saying, you know, Jesus, should we call down fire from heaven and consume this entire place? Jesus is like, 
you don't really know what kind of spirit you're of, right? Not the holy kind. So the disciples, what? They didn't say, forget you, Jesus, and call down fire from heaven. No, crazy, right? So it's, it would be crazy to do that to Jesus, but, you know, it's just like, why do we sometimes do that to Holy Spirit, you know? When Holy Spirit is, is kind of drawing us, saying, hey, you know, I'm not doing that right now. I'm doing this. Come with me. But I feel like there's this place where it's almost become like optional, you know? Eh, I don't really feel like that, you know, Holy Spirit. I, you know, I, but I really want to say this or do this right now. And I just feel like, you know, if we want to experience the second half of, of 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, we've got to honor Holy Spirit as the Lord. We've got to let Holy Spirit be the Lord in our midst. I can testify from, you know, however many years of personal experience, not doing that doesn't lead to liberty, right? You know, does not, that's not where liberty and freedom is. Liberty and freedom is honoring and treating uh, the Spirit as the Lord. So how do we abide? Um, John fifteen ten. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is my commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You know, that's one of those things that's easier said than done, right? Just, just love everybody, right? That's <laughs> so simple, right? Or maybe, you know, it's, maybe it's easier, at least, when you're getting loved back, right? Not, not so hard to love people that are loving you, right? But what about times when we're not being loved back, right? So, you know, for the last several months, I've been going through some actually really difficult, um, like, personal relationship dynamics in my life in more than one area. And I don't want to go into all the details, but just really hard stuff of feeling um, just accused, you know, and even slandered and uh, mistreated, so to speak. And it's been really difficult in like more than one area, if, if you can imagine that. But I was thinking uh, a couple Sundays ago, we were singing that Corey Asbury song, Reckless Love, and where it talks about how you know, there's, uh, there's no shadow he won't light up, mountain he won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall he won't kick down, lie he won't tear down, coming after me. And so I was thinking about that, you know, about, uh, you know, there's no mountain that he won't climb up. And I started thinking, I was like, you know, Jesus did climb a mountain, you know? Well, he climbed a hill, but I can bet that hill probably felt like a mountain, you know, as he went up to Golgotha, you know, the place of the skull. And, you know, as I was just thinking about that, you know, Jesus, he could have quit any time, right? It says he could have called down legion of angels and delivered him, and he could have gotten, you know, and, and he could have hit the easy button, right? But he didn't. And as I was kind of meditating on this, this verse in First Peter came to mind. It says, for you have been called for this purpose, 
since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his footsteps. You know, just to pause real quick, you know, we talk a lot about doing the works that Jesus did, right? As we should, the greater works, the signs, the wonders, the miracles. But, you know, let's not forget, you know, this is also the example that Jesus left for us. It says, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. He was blameless, right? And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Two things happened when I, you know, when I read this verse. One was that it comforted me. You know, with all that I had been dealing with, feeling like, you know, on one hand, I had done everything that I could do to be loving these people. And yet I still felt, you know, this, you know, this attack, so to speak. So I was comforted that I wasn't crazy, (laughs) that Jesus left this example that we would follow in his footsteps and that Jesus had experienced the same thing. And the second thing it did was that it released grace. You know, it released this grace that, you know, Jesus, he didn't revile in return when he was reviled. He didn't utter threats when he was suffering. You know, he didn't, uh, well, he kept entrusting himself to God. And I can tell you, you know, in these dynamics, when I was suffering, I uttered threats. You know, when I was being reviled, you know, if I didn't, I came pretty close, you know, to doing it in return. But, you know, why do, why do I... I share this, you know, I feel like, I feel like God is calling us to a deeper place of abiding, right? It says if, if we abide in him, we can ask whatever we wish and it will be done for us. And I feel like, you know, it's hardest to abide in this place, right? When you're getting reviled, mistreated, judged, condemned, that's the hardest place to abide. You know, Reese Howes would talk about guarding the place of his abiding. But I want to say that it was on the other side of the cross that Jesus, he got the keys, right? He got the victory. You know, he got the keys to death and the grave. And I would submit to you that there are times, I think, when it's just on the other side of abiding in this place when it's really hard to abide where we get the victory over the strong man. I just want to invite uh, Danielle to come and just share. Can you, um, can you tell the story though, really quick? About Reese Howells? Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. So um, Reese Howells and his revivalist buddies, um, if you don't know about Reese Howells, yeah, he got saved in the Welsh Revival. Him and his buddies, they're coming back from um, somewhere and they're coming into the village. And the impression is it's maybe late at night and this group of women, it says that had apparently been drinking, uh, passed by Reese Howells and his crew. And one of them shouts out, you know, where's the power to change these people? So Reese is like, oh, it's on, you know, <laughs> it is on. So. Um, you know, it says that these, this group of women, you know, they're kind of, they've never been part of any of the revival meetings. Um, and Reese feels like God gives it to him 
to pick out the ringleader of the crew, right? The notorious drunkard, and to pray her into the kingdom by Christmas Day. So, you know, I don't know how long that was. The impression is they're maybe two or three months away. So Reese has got this challenge. And the thing is that Reese, it says of Reese that to see drunkards coming into the kingdom was not unusual at that time. They'd seen that happen. But what uh, Reese felt like God put on his heart was to reach her, not with any of his personal contacts or connections, but to reach her by way of the throne. Only through prayer. So Reese kind of starts on this journey, and the Lord gives Reese this John 15, 7, right? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So Reese kind of starts on this journey, this focused season of abiding, and he talks about how at first it's hard, right? You know, he's like, he's spending time in the Lord, you know, waiting upon the Lord and letting the Lord speak to him through the word, but at the same time, that 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Lord being the Spirit, is kind of coming in on Reese, right? And he's feeling God, you know, put his finger on areas of compromise where God's calling Reese into just greater levels of, of abiding in him. So he's going through it. He talks about how as he, you know, time goes on, he's, he gets more used to his position. Um, he says that he could begin to see the Holy Spirit binding the devil and he soon realized that he was not fighting against flesh and blood, but against wicked spirits in heavenly places. That's where our battle is, right? So in the weeks that followed, um, it says that Reese, he gave prompt obedience to the Holy Spirit in all things, and it was times of just fellowship with the Lord. And by the end of the sixth week, Holy Spirit said to Reese that basically this, this season of abiding is complete. You know, the victory is assured, and you can expect to see this woman make a move. That very night, Reese Howes sees her for the first time in the open air meetings. And, and that's when Reese said, now I know that Holy Spirit is stronger than you, right? Reese had, he had spent time in, before the throne, in the secret place, winning the battle in heavenly places to see it manifest on earth. So um, he, he talks about it was a struggle to not like, ah, because it wasn't Christmas Day yet, right? But he's like, there she is, you know? And so it says that, um, sure enough, on Christmas Day, he talked about how there were like lots of kids running around and it wasn't like this perfect atmosphere, but Christmas Day. And Reese said that he, he didn't open any of his Christmas presents because he said, this is my Christmas present, this woman's salvation. So it says, sure enough, in the middle of the meeting, down she went on her knees, crying out to God for mercy. It was a victory beyond value, and she is standing today. Come on, can we just like praise God for that? So, you know, why do I, why do I share that? You know, I feel like God wants to release Holy Spirit to overpower strong men in our lives, right? We've got the someone stronger, amen? We've got Holy Spirit, but I feel like there's this challenge to abide in him. You know, we're talking about growing, right? We're talking about growing, the, the branch abiding in the vine. And I feel like there's this, this place of, of abiding so that whatever we ask, the most audacious 
You know, what Zach was saying, the things beyond the limits, what we could ask or think or imagine, those are the things that he wants to give us, but the key to it is abiding. Amen. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And the, um, I don't think it's on. Check, check, check. Check, check. Uh, I, for me, anyway, it was a marvelous visual example, and I'm a visual learner, but a mar- marvelous visual example of what uh, we're talking about here in abiding and what happens when you abide, and what happens when you don't abide. So I highly recommend people see the Apostle Paul. Amen. Thank you, Papa John. Yes to abiding. When um, Ben and I were talking about this this whole message, isn't he great? He's the (laughs) bomb.com. Oh my gosh. Um, So when we were talking about this, uh, Ben was like, man, so I have this word on abiding, but I don't really think it's prayer. And I was like, well, here's my challenge to you then. If abiding isn't prayer, how do you pray without ceasing? Like, how is it done? Because it, it's commanded. It's possible, right? And you could, I've heard it said praying in tongues is how you pray without ceasing, but then what happens when you eat or you sleep? You're not praying in tongues, right? So, like, really... I think abiding is the pray without ceasing like thing, you know. Um, so I just I thought that was really powerful. Um, so let's see. I just have a few little nuggets I want to bring out. Really challenges for us as we just kind of invite the Lord and embrace like a life of prayer, you know, and you know just let's go on a journey and see how the Lord wants to increase our prayer life, you know? Um, First, a commercial, though. I just really want to encourage you guys to teach your children about prayer. Just, you know, prayer is, like, a really personal thing, and it's also really vast. Um, And sometimes we think that to teach anyone, especially our children, that, like, we have to have all the answers or something like that. But uh, just, I really encourage you to, you know, invite your children in on the journey, your personal journey with prayer. And, like, um, there's a million ways you can do that. The key is really just sensitizing them to the, to the Holy Spirit in them and also valuing the Holy Spirit in them, recognizing that he speaks to your children and and valuing that and, and giving that, like, prominence, you know. And um, um, it says in Psalm 78, I'm just going to start reading. It says, give ear, O my people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings, dark meaning like mysterious or something you don't fully understand, dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob 
and appointed law in Israel, which he commanded to our fathers, that they should make known to their children that the generation to come might know them, that the children who would be born, that they might arise and declare them to their children. It's like very the command to continuously like make known his sayings to your children. So I just encourage you like, um, you know, to engage them in prayer and let the Holy Spirit lead you on how that happens and to share with them your prayer life, you know, and, and value, put value on their prayer life. Really just be intentional about that. Um, it's really important. And what that will do is create in your home like a culture of prayer. So it's, it's a normal thing to engage with the Lord in prayer, you know. I just want to kind of like give that encouragement and a little commercial there. So, um, yeah, so I guess here's like the things from, from that I was hearing from what Ben was saying. I mean, you know, other than the big one, the big important thing Ben was saying, which was like, like let Holy Spirit be Lord. That, that is just so key. You know, I, I think sometimes we think that Holy Spirit is this ethereal force, but he's a person. And he's a person who really is the Lord of our of our everyday life right now. Like he's this is his age. This is his show. And we need to give him the honor and as Lord, because that's who he is. He is Lord, you know. So that's the big one. Okay, but here's so I have three other challenges um, for you just as you're walking out prayer and and growing in your prayer life is um, uh, really first really look at the passages in the Bible that talk about prayer. Like really look at them for what they are because I think we, through lack of faith, look at them and we dilute them and don't really like see the power of what they're saying. So like so many scriptures about prayer talk about asking and you will receive. Ask big, audacious things, and you will always receive. So really, um, you know, and Ben landed on a few of those, but I encourage you to, like, when you're reading your Bible, like, and you're looking at the prayer passages, like, really, truly look at them and, and don't dilute them. Like, don't make, don't, like, add your lack of faith to them. Add your faith to them, you know, and let them stand for what they are. A, a big one is he, he mentioned... Um, Romans 8.26 about the Holy Spirit like praying through you in intercession and the groanings that can't be uttered and all of that stuff. But, you know, that that is two verses away from Romans 8.28. You know, I know all things will, will work together for your good. I would put to you that that verse is contingent on intercession with the Holy Spirit. You want all things to work together for good in your life? Like, engage with the Holy Spirit in prayer and in intercession, you know? Um, and number two challenge is when, you know, prayer, Ben talked about like fervent, the fervent prayers. Um, I think that we can get super religious when we pray sometimes and it's, those are just kind of ineffectual, you know, like why pray if you're not really going to be effective. So I encourage you when you pray to engage your heart, like engage your emotions, like pray from the heart, like pray from your personality from your depth, like, from where you've been, where you've walked, like, really, really engage the depths when you pray, and your prayers, I mean, will be powerful, because it's you. The Lord wants to hear your voice, you know? He doesn't just want to hear, like, nice words. He wants to hear, like, your depths, the depths of your heart, and, like, what's inside of you. So I really encourage you, when you pray, like, engage 
your heart in your prayers, like from your depths, like pray with your heart, you know? And then the third one I just, I talked about is bring your children in on the journey, you know? Or the young people in your life that you have influence with, you know? Or your friends, or your neighbors, like bring people in on that journey with you. Do it from the heart and, and like open up your heart in that way and invite others in on that journey. So, and then just the last tidbit, I wanna just um, read this one passage in, it was the Luke 11 one. Um, it was about, really we were looking at it and we were like, well, so in Luke 11, starting with verse one, you know, Jesus, his disciples are like, teach us how to pray like John taught his disciples and Jesus teaches them the Lord's prayer. But then, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it kind of has a cool thing. He says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. And did you read that where, where a man just, you didn't, okay. I thought you did. Uh, anyway, so um, teaching them more about prayer, he used the story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at night, at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, and you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, my family and I are in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. <laughs> so the Lord taught us the Lord's Prayer, you know, and then the very next thing he wanted to make sure his disciples knew is to be persistent, to be persistent in your prayers. And then it says in verse 9, uh, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receives, who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. So another key on prayer is just don't stop. Like, keep doing it. Don't, don't stop praying. <laughs> you know, like, hold on to that faith. Like, don't stop. Just keep going. Like, keep praying, keep knocking, keep going for it. So, um, those are my nuggets. Babe, you want to come wrap us up? Um, Amy and worship team are nearby. Janelle, Janelle? cool. Um, well, so would you just come and just share that? Let's have just had a word this morning that I think just goes right along with what Danielle just said. So the Lord invaded my process of getting ready for church this morning. And uh, he says, you need to wear your amber earrings. And so I was like, sure. Doesn't go with what I wanted to do, but okay. So he's like, just adapt to me. So we do that. So I'm wearing these earrings and, you know, I have the prayer teams praying for me and I come back to my seat and I'm like, so what's with the earrings? And the Lord just began to tell me, he said, remember, at one point, that amber was just tree sap. It was something normal. It was something natural. I mean, mine has a little bit of gold in it. Did you know that if your amber has a bug in it, it's worth, it's infinitely more valuable. Infinitely more valuable. So I wanted to buy some with a mosquito or a fly in it, and that was like $6,000. I was like, oh, they're pretty. You can keep them. But these have a little bit of gold in them, and the Lord was just telling me, what made these, what made the amber valuable was time. It was time. 
And he, I just felt that the Lord had a word of encouragement for people. You've been in a really long process. What You've been working, you've been waiting for something for a long time. There's been a long, it's been a long time that you've been waiting on something. But I just feel like the Lord wants to encourage you that when you, this time of waiting, this time of perseverance and endurance and persistence in prayer, in in seeking him, in abiding, all it is serving to do for you is to increase the value of what it is that he started. This is, these earrings, this is, this is normal. This is what is supposed to happen. But the time is what made it valuable. And so don't stress about the time. I, a pastor gave a word to my family when I was young, and, the, and I've never forgotten it, but he said, preparation time is never wasted time because God doesn't waste your time. He doesn't care about time because he doesn't, it doesn't really exist with him, but he doesn't waste it. So just be encouraged. What it says in Habakkuk, it says, though the vision may tarry, it will yet come to pass. It is for an appointed time. Don't grow weary in waiting. Don't grow weary in waiting. Your process is increasing the value of what you're waiting for. Amen. Would y'all stand with me? So just as Janelle just kind of leads us in a song here, I just feel like there are three responses. One, you know, I think we could all say that, you know, we have room to grow in honoring Holy Spirit as the Lord, right? So I think that's one response. The second is, you know, what Danielle encouraged us there at the end and um, what Melissa was sharing was, I feel like there are people that have grown weary even in the waiting. And I feel like God's saying, keep on asking. If you've, if you've stopped asking, if you've stopped seeking, or if you've stopped knocking, that I feel like today is an opportunity to come. I just want to invite the prayer team too to come forward and uh, just to be able to agree with you that you would be strengthened and that you would just experience grace to keep on praying. And the, the third and final thing was just, you know, if when I was talking to you about, you know, difficult situations in your life, I feel like there just might be a couple, two or three, but where you're encountering something that seems like it is an insurmountable obstacle. It's like a strong man that feels hopeless. I want you to come and receive that same comfort, you know, that I received when I read, you know, Second uh, Peter, and also to be strengthened with these brothers and sisters to have that grace to abide even in those difficult seasons and circumstances. So as Janelle leads us, I just invite you to come.
just as, as we close, Janelle is going to keep playing for a little while. The prayer team's going to linger. I just want to invite you still to come if you just feel like Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart. Father, we just thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for your presence. God, we just say that, God, at the name of Jesus, the darkness trembles. God, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, to the glory of God the Father. So God, we just thank you for your name. God, I just thank you uh, just for the body of Christ, for your people here in this place. God, I just bless them in Jesus' name. God, I just pray that all that all that we could ask, all that we could think or imagine, God, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could think or ask. God, I just pray, I just say yes and amen, God, to your promises to each one in this place this morning. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Thank you. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. And if anyone wants prayer for healing, we've got some members of the healing team over here on your left. Feel free to come and receive prayer for them.